0: Greetings. Uh, this is Coach Jackie with Uzazi Podcast. Today, I would like us to reflect on what influences the decisions we make as parents. But uh, To do this, I am going to share with you a recording of a talk that I gave recently. The title of the talk is Rewrite Your Story, Change Your Life. This talk will help you to reflect on what story drives the decisions that you make as a parent and if you are not happy with those decisions, how can you begin to make changes that will help you be more intentional about getting the results that you want as a parent. It is not the full talk, but I think that it will still help you to take the journey towards that reflection and possibly making the changes that you may desire. Our topic today is Rewrite Your Story, Change Your Life. And I was listening to some of the things that you were saying and I was thinking to myself, you already know what I'm going to talk about, you know, just based on some of the examples that uh, you are giving. But before I go into my talk, Kabisa, I want to give you an exercise, okay? So I know it's the end of the day and you're tired, but it's not a, it's not a difficult exercise. So um, there's a picture on the screen. Just look at it for 30 seconds or so, then I'm going to ask you some questions. the first thing you noticed somebody else yes different races, different races. what else did you notice I want you to tell me the first thing that you noticed so she he noticed the gender she noticed the races what else what was the first thing that you noticed when that picture came up okay so there's a different like posture yeah what do you think these women do? What do you think these women do? Yes? I think, I think I feel like maybe they're all advocates for women's rights. Oh, you think they're all advocates for women's rights? Okay. Anybody else? Another guess? Yes? I think it's some sort of self-help group. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so you think they sort of belong to one group, ish, yes. like a chama, yes. okay? Somebody else? Oh, that's what you wanted to say. Yes. I feel like they're from different social, economic backgrounds, mm-hmm. and together for one goal. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, you also think that there's something that holds them together. That's interesting. Anybody else? Does anybody see them as, you know, maybe different people? Yes. I think if they were friends, there would be a bit of a in uh-huh. the photo. Uh-huh. They look very professional, like they are colleagues. They are friends. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Thank you. So you, you, you notice that you notice different things and you think different things about them. The thing is, they are all scientists. Okay, I'm guessing from the reaction they don't look like scientists. Or they're (laughs) stunting (laughs) actually expensive because they're very there's no that warmth. They're serious. There's no warmth, yeah? But it's interesting. You see, she's gone into so much analysis and she's seeing things that maybe somebody else didn't see. She's seeing warmth or lack of warmth. Somebody else was seeing women's rights or something like that. But the point that I wanted to share by asking you to do this exercise is that I have given you exactly the same information but you have come to different conclusions. I mean, even those who didn't speak, I'm sure you had your own conclusions and they were not necessarily the same as the ones that other people shared. So the question is why? Why is it that faced with the same data, we come to different conclusions? And this is really the essence of what I'm going to share with you today in terms of rewriting your story. So in order to introduce the uh, the whole topic, I'm going to share with you a concept which is referred to as the ladder of inference. And this concept was first shared by, um, what was he? He was a uh, business theorist, actually a professor at Harvard Business School. And his name is Chris Aguirre, or something like that. I can spell the name for you. Um, and uh, he was very interested in understanding how managers in organizations make decisions about things like who to promote. Yeah? So in, in the process of, of, of doing those studies and trying to understand that, he came up with this concept. And, and by the way, he died in 2013 at age 90, so he lived for a, for a long time. So basically what this says is that when we are given the same information or the same data, we observe it differently. We already start noticing different things. And in fact, for that picture, the screen, the screen isn't very nice because if you saw it in its original, there are some very brilliant colors. So you, so you notice different things even faced with the same data. And then you process that data through your beliefs, your prior experience, and some uh, assumptions. You make certain assumptions before you come to a conclusion. And this explains why even when we are given exactly the same information, we can come up with different explanations or we can come up with different conclusions. So based on the same data, so the data is the same, but then differences begin at, at that level, you know. When, when some people, you, you start wondering how somebody can see warmth or lack of warmth in a still image, you know? So, so you start seeing differences when people start um, applying those filters. So the observation, what they notice, the beliefs, what they really believe, and, and uh, what their conclusions are. Yeah? If we had shown that picture to children, maybe five, four, five-year-olds, perhaps, depending on their race, they might have said they are all mummies. Because that is the extent of their knowledge about women in their lives. Or maybe they might say they look like Teacher Alice. So there there can be very many stories around you. But the core story, which maybe I would like to call the systemic story, is the main story that actually influences all the decisions that you make, whether or not you are aware of them. And so this is the story that you need to be aware of and begin to rewrite. And how can you become aware of that story? The first thing is to observe your behavior in situations where the stakes are high. How do you behave when you have to make a big decision? How do you behave when somebody has made you very angry? How do you behave when you have lost a lot of money, when you have failed? It's in those high stakes situations that your story really truly manifests itself. And if you're not able to observe for yourself, listen to feedback. But feedback is also tricky. If we go back to alpha and beta. So alpha could be said to be domineering, uh, opinionated. he doesn't listen to people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This feedback might be coming from his family, maybe from his friends, maybe from his colleagues but his boss who who has a similar systemic story might be saying yes this is the right kind of person he makes decisions quickly things move so it's not a different story for alpha but alpha needs to decide is this story working for me how can i find a balance he might decide i don't care about the feedback from my family it's my boss who matters, so I'm not gonna change anything. And, and you know, choices have consequences. Eh? Bosses come and go, eh? and if you drop down dead, they appoint an acting whoever you are, even before you're buried. But he could decide, and that's okay, because you're making a decision from a point of understanding exactly what you're choosing. But he might also say, I. This story is not really working for me. And you know, my boss is not going to bury me. So I better be nice to the people that I live with and that kind of thing. And that way he can begin to explore how can I change the way these people see me. How can I do things differently so that I'm less domineering, so that I listen to more people, so that I'm more consultative. And that already is the way he's rewriting his story. Yeah? So observe. Every time you have to make a big decision, Think about certain ways in which you react. If you observe, you will notice that there are, certain, there are certain things that happen and you react in a certain way all the time. No matter where you are, no matter who it is, that gives you a pointer as to what your systemic story is. Huh? And once you have identified the patterns, as I have said, you can begin to say, okay, now I, I know where that is coming from. I want it to go differently. How can I do this? And this is actually the work that we coaches do. Eh? We help people to become more aware of what we call limiting beliefs so that they can start doing things differently, so that they can be different, so that they can change their lives. But that's, now that's premium content. So you <laughs> if you want. So once you have identified the patterns, you can actually start looking for the story behind those patterns. And this is the difficult part. In some cases, you cannot do it without help. People get to a point where some, they realize, okay, I've been living all my life, but this thing has been holding me back. I need a therapist. But that's okay. And that's another way in which you can rewrite your story. Huh? So the, the point that I'm making it is, whatever the story is, wherever it, it came from, however long you have lived with it, you can rewrite that story. You cannot change it but you can rewrite it by deciding this is how I want to experience whatever I saw. This is how I want to experience whatever I learned. And as I said, it's not easy. Sometimes it means some people have to denounce their religions. Some people denounce their families. Some people move away and that kind of thing. At the end of the day, you look at your story and you decide, how is it working for me and how do I want it to work for me? And then you start choosing the path that you want it to, um, the way you want it to go. I was telling Nadia here earlier that some of the problems that people face, some of the difficulties that people face is you see someone and you want to be like them. But where they are going is not where you want to go. And then you don't know where they are coming from. Maybe given where they came from, where they are, wamefika. But you, where you've come from, you cannot stop where they are. You have to go further. Maybe you just have to go to a different place in order to be the best of who you can be. Yeah. Same person, different managers. See him differently. Maybe what Juma didn't do so well is he forgot that different people have got different stories. So perhaps he should have tried to find some balance. So perhaps he should have said, I have, you know, I, I want my team to have an opportunity to make the presentations, but I am here if you have any questions, so that it sort of satisfies both bosses. So if you're in that situation, also just remember that you need to find a balance so that people also understand where you're coming from. Yeah? And why is this important for you, especially those of you who are leading teams? It helps you to understand where differences of opinion come from. I said, Alpha and Beta are not bad people. Those two managers are not necessarily bad people. They are just coming from different places. So understanding that because people come from different places, they can come to different conclusions means that you don't have to be in conflict with people who see things differently from you. When they see things differently from you, they are using different filters. They are using different experiences. They have different assumptions. It also helps you to address what, what I call automatic thinking. I don't know if you have ever had an argument with somebody and maybe they walk out of the room and you go back into the room, and then you're not looking. At, maybe you're not looking at the door, and then somebody comes and knocks on the door, and you just say, I don't want to see you. And then when you look up, you discover it's not the person that you are having a quarrel with. This is automatic thinking. Because those steps that I was talking about on the ladder, you don't say, okay, this is the data, now I'm observing, now I'm filtering. It, it, it happens very quickly all the time. But if you want to gain control of the decisions that you make you have to be able to stop yourself and say okay I'm I'm seeing this from this point of view maybe I should look at it differently yeah me, I know that one of my biases, because that is where biases come from, one of the biases I have is about, you know, young people. When I'm working with young people, I'm already thinking to myself, this person is young, they are probably not serious, they, they you know? And I have to consciously, and I work with young people, I have to consciously tell myself, you know, for, for where that person is, I mean, I shouldn't expect more from them than what they have been able to experience. And there are certain experiences you cannot manufacture. Certain experiences just come with the passage of time. And so you cannot, you cannot judge them or you cannot punish them because that time has not passed for them. Yeah? Being aware of this also helps you to really interrogate your own assumptions. When people were introducing themselves, I don't know if anybody... I don't remember anybody saying that. They are a parent, but I just want to pause here and say if you're a parent, remember you are part of that system that is creating somebody else's systemic story. So what story are you creating for them? Or if you're a teacher, you have a very big influence. We saw schools there. You're a very you have a very big influence. What systemic story are you creating for the people who are going through your hands, for the people who are going through your school, for the people that you stand in front of every day? If you have that ladder of influence in your mind, then you can be more willing to listen to other people's stories. And that is how you now begin to help people also to change or to start thinking about rewriting their stories. So as a team leader... If you're looking for alignment, you can help your team to understand what assumptions are you making. Yesterday, I was at a board meeting, and the project team made a presentation. They said they want to hire... They need to hire a business manager. Actually, they wanted the board to approve their decision to hire a business manager. It's it's something new that they have come up with. Um, And then uh, we asked... How much, do you, how much are you thinking of paying this person? And the person who was making the presentation said 200000 per month. Okay, And I know there are some of you who are like, tell me, tell me, tell me, I apply for the job. But then, just before that, they had made a presentation and they had said that in the previous quarter, the project had been able to raise an average of 173,000 shillings per month from something like 177 clients or whatever it is. So I had, I had already done the math and I had seen that means that they are getting 978 shillings from each client. So I said, okay, if you're getting 1,000 shillings from each client, it means you have to get a minimum of 200 clients every month to pay. To pay this salary, only the salary. We are not talking about other expenses. Yeah and the, the 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 discussion that happened there was actually very interesting because they hadn't thought about it that way but they also explained what they thought they said oh we want somebody who is good quality who is experienced who is nini so we think if we pay less maybe we are not going to get a person of you know the quality that we want but the end of the discussion was that actually maybe 200,000 is a bit high the project cannot afford maybe they should bring it down a little bit but then me yeah, i had said 40,000 mean me but then, but then we also agreed that the 40,000 might be too low because of the kind of person that they want to attract. So if you're leading a team, this is what you want to ex- encourage. You want to expose the process, the assumptions. Because when you understand the assumptions, the context, the process, you are more likely to come to a better decision as a team. Now, this is not just about you. I mean, unless you're, unless you're alpha. But in order for you to do that, you also need to ensure that you can help your people to make their own thinking visible. You don't want to be the kind of person who says, no, in this team anybody can make a suggestion. Wait, unasema nini? I mean, if you talk to them like that, it doesn't matter what words you're saying. It doesn't matter how much you're saying that you want to listen to them. They, they will not believe you. So help them to show you their thinking process. Ask open-ended questions that are non-judgmental. Tell them, "Okay, I see this differently. Can you help me understand how you arrived at this conclusion? And again, if you're a parent here, you can do the same with your children. Please, don't think that children are people to be stepped on and bullied until they grow up, and then they start bullying somebody else. I see this differently. These were my assumptions. In that example yesterday, me, I only saw the money. I hadn't seen the point of we want a quality manager, we want an experienced manager. No, me, I had just seen the money. I was there calculating. You need at least 200, and right now you're averaging 177, and that is only for the salary. Where are you going to get the money? But they had also considered other things. So encourage other people also to make their thinking visible by creating an atmosphere that allows them to share their thinking process. But that also means that if you're a team leader, or you're a manager, that you're willing to put on their filter for a moment and see things through their eyes. Which means that you have to be willing to say that actually, maybe my conclusion was not the best having listened to these other points of view having put on different lenses i can see that there's something that i hadn't seen so maybe we can do things differently but of course it's a choice that you make and as i said choices have got consequences yeah so ask open non judgmental questions ask for examples Uh, But also make your own thinking visible to them so that they are also able to see how you arrived at the conclusion that you arrived at. So just a reminder, we start off with the same information, we notice different things, we process them through our beliefs, our prior experience, our existing assumptions to come to conclusions. And we, make, we act based on our conclusions. But all this is editable. That's how you rewrite your story. All this is editable. But you have to be willing to go there. If you grew up with a father who was a law unto himself... And now you have got a child, 21st century children. Do they are called generation? Are they generation Z? Is there something after Z? These children will define for you the difference between socialisation and child labour. They will quote for you the Children's Act. Are you going to insist that me I was brought up that way and it worked for me? Or are you going to try and edit some of these things? so that you have some harmony in your house, at the very least. So that you bring up a child who doesn't have mental issues, because they were never listened to in the first place. The first community that they belonged to, they were never listened to. It's a choice that you make. So rewriting your story begins with making a decision. I want to see things differently I want to experience things differently even if this is what happened to me huh? I'll finish with I don't know you you probably have been seeing this story you know all those stories that make their rounds in social media and the media and all at this time I think it was on citizen TV the story of is it Kevin or Kelvin this young man who got three As, I, I hear Miranda high school and I've got nothing against Miranda He went to do actuarial science, which is something that I still don't understand what it is. He passed very well and he has no job. And the the story was being pitched to demonstrate how the education system is a failure. Oh, you know, it's it's like, how can a boy who got three A's not have a job? And I'm thinking that's because somebody told that boy that work hard. Get good grades and you will succeed. Yes. Who, who, who wants to bet with me that that's what he was told? Get good grades and you'll succeed. Yes. What a lie. You know, success in life is a factor of me. I see it very simply. What gets thrown at you? Huh? Whether it's going to be Murphy from a parking boy, or 500 bob notes from a politician when you happen to be passing. So what gets thrown at you? What you catch. What you catch and what you do with what you catch. So if you're a parent, and me, I'm very passionate about parents. eh? If you're a parent, please stop lying to your children that grades equal success. It's a good foundation for sure, but it is not equal to success. So for me, I would have asked that Kelvin, what have you done with what you learned that helped you to get, to get those three A's? And of course, I'm also questioning whether there were genuine A's because we also know that part of the problem is that some of those A's are not genuine. But anyway, I'm not going to go there. And if you're, if you're Kelvin's friend or Kelvin's relative, Just, excuse me, I'm just using this as an example to show you how those stories can really mess (coughs) up your life until you even forget that you have got other talents. Yeah? What stories are you telling yourself? (coughs) What stories were you told that are holding you back today as you sit here? What do you believe about yourself, about your family, about your background, about your job that is holding you back? Because I promise you, you can wake up from here today and go back home and tell yourself, I'm not going to believe this anymore. It can be as simple as that. It can also be a little bit more complicated where maybe you need to speak to a counselor, you need to speak to a coach. But if that's what you need to do, do it because it's going to make a difference to your life. So before I give you an opportunity to ask one or two questions, I'm just going to, to share this. Um, this is a... What do you scientists call it? Cross-section. This is a cross-section of a tree. You see, even me, I, I learned something in school which I never thought I would use, but here I am using it. So this is a cross-section of a tree. And you can see the rings. Eh? And by looking at the different rings, people can actually piece together a story about the tree. So you can, you can see the year of fast growth. Of course, it was very small. You can see when the rainy season or when there were good rains because the, um, it's, it's thicker, so there was more growth. You can see when the rains weren't so good because it didn't grow that much. You can see when there was a forest fire because there is a scar. Yeah? So all these inner rings are a part of the tree. And you can use them to learn something about the tree. You can't remove them from the tree without destroying the tree. So we are not saying you can remove your story, you can remove your past, you can remove your experiences. They are a part of you. But you can use them to gain some information, to gain some understanding about yourself. You can say, now actually I know why I don't like this. Now I'm beginning to understand where I got it from. So don't run away from it. Acknowledge it. And if it's something that works for you, if it's something that helps you, by all means, hold on to it. But if it doesn't, you have the choice to say, okay. Yeah? Another way in which people's systemic stories are, are formed is by you know, alluding to the people they were named after. Huh? and if, if you're a Kikuyu here, I'm going to share with you this story. I have a friend who is a Kikuyu, and the Kikuyus, you know how they name. So the first daughter is father's mother, the second daughter is mother's mother, and, you know, vice versa. It's automatic, so you, you don't have a choice. And I noticed that my friend used to treat her daughter, who was named after her mother-in-law, differently. I myself had no children then, but I saw it. So you can decide that, because I was named after, I don't know, maybe you were named after somebody who was a good politician, then everybody thinks you should also become a politician and you don't even like standing in front of people. You can decide that, yes, that is a part of my story. I was named after this person, but I'm not that person. Yeah? So awareness, assessing, does it really work for me? If it doesn't, which direction do I want it to go? And that's what I mean when I say you can rewrite your story and therefore change your life. Thank you.